Hi, Avril here from Access Credit Union. We are delighted to once again sponsor the Star Sports Podcast. As part of our range of new business loans, we now offer Cultivate Farm Finance, the farmer-friendly loan package. With a Cultivate loan, farmers in West Cork can benefit from the local decision-making and personal service offered by Access Credit Union. To find out more, go to accesscu.ie forward slash cultivate, call me on 085 268 2727 or 028 21883, where a member of our team will be happy to help you with your inquiry. Close your eyes and pull like a dog. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. Before we kick things off, I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose the credit union, choose local, choose community. On this week's show, we're looking back on the opening weekend of the County and Carberry Championships and what a weekend it was. We'll be joined later on the show by John O'Rourke of Carberry Rangers, who got their championship campaign off to a flyer with a 210 to 1-9 win over Carry the Line. Before we hear from John, we're going to reflect on some of the weekend's other big results and storylines. And to help us do that, we're joined by a man who we hope Star Sport podcast listeners will become more familiar with over the coming months. And that's the Southern Stars' newest signing, Matthew Hurley, a.k.a. at GAA Statsman on Instagram and Twitter and of the GAA Statsman podcast. So, Matthew, firstly, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Southern Star how has Kieran McCarthy been treating you in your first week as part of the team? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me on, lads. Uh, much appreciated. And uh, yeah, it's been a, a hectic few weeks, uh, uh, weeks or so so far. But um, yeah, a lot of club action to get through. Um, the first week is all done now. We're going on the next week now. And uh, yeah, glad to be on board. Uh, glad to be on games, though. I was on uh, James and Mary's last week. Very entertaining game in the Junior Football Championship. So um, glad to get started now and uh, much appreciated for coming on to the podcast as well. Yeah, lovely stuff, Matthew. Well, we're going to be back to you in a moment to get your five biggest takeaways from the weekend that was. But Kieran, I want to kick things off by getting your thoughts on the news that Castlehaven clubman John Cleary is to replace outgoing Cork manager Keith Ricken on a permanent basis. Cleary obviously filled in for Ricken when he temporarily stepped aside during the season just passed, but now he's set to get the full term. Would you be expecting any major personnel or stylistic changes, or do you foresee that he'll try to foster some continuity in the setup, considering the relative success the Cork footballers had this year? 
It's first off, Jack. It's it's the right choice. He's he's the right man to take over from Keith Rickon. First off, just to to wish Keith all the best. Obviously, it just didn't work out for Keith as Cork Senior Football Manager, and um, had to step back due to health reasons. So we all hope to see Keith back at games quite soon because he's a. We've had him on this podcast before, Jack. He's an incredible man. He's um he's someone. Keith, whatever you talk to him, you always come away feeling enlightened and after that you're after learning something and you always learn something practical that, that you can put into into use yourself. So he's just been a great servant for Cork G over the years. And no doubt we'll see Keith back in some form quite quite soon. But um just on to John Cleary, yeah. Just just the right move to make. It just offers continuity because John Cleary came in as coach um in Keith Rickens' new management team um for the twenty twenty two season. And then when Keith had to step aside, it was John who filled Keith shoes, took over the last two games of the National League, got wins there against Down and Offaly that kept Cork in Division Two. And then John oversaw Cork in the the football championship as Cork got to the All Ireland quarterfinals, which given how the year had started, like that that was a good result for Cork to get to the the last day to the All Ireland lost to to, to to Kerry and Dublin, but that's probably to be expected for a Corker right now, but beat Loud and Limerick. So there are positives that Cork can take from, from from the championship season. And there's a base there now that John Cleary can build on for the for the years ahead. And it's interesting, Jack, he was handed a three-year term and I think that that's very important and that's almost indicative of the, the job that John Cleary has. This isn't a short-term fix. Keith Rickon made that quite clear earlier in the year when he took the job. Like, this is the this is a long-term job, and John Cleary will know that too. He knows he needs a he needs time to get this Cork team to where Cork fans want him to be and where this Cork football team wants to be. But the, the reality is that Cork are a good way off the top. They're a long way off the top. We've seen the likes of the even the All Ireland final last weekend. Uh, Kerry got all a really good game, really high-scoring game. Two really clinical teams. Um, so that's where Cork want to be back in the big days. Like I said, it's going to take time, but. John Cleary is a man with credentials. He has pedigree. He's some record as a as a footballer first and then as a as a under-21 manager over Cork. He was a Cork minor ladies manager for five years and they won four All-Irelands in that time. With Castlehaven, helped him win county titles as a as a player and a selector. Um, he's just, he's a real good football man. And just to show Jack, always these big stories seem to break when I have a week off. I was in the beach last Friday, even though it was a, it was a grey overcast day when I got a text saying, um, check your email, there's a, a press release dropping soon. So I'd uh, wrap myself in a towel, get my phone and put out a quick tweet, a quick, a quick tweet even, because um, John Cleary taken over as Cork boss on a three-year deal. It's big news. Great news for him. Great news too for Castlehaven, I think. It's great, like Castlehaven, one of the, 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 the great clubs in Cork, so they'll be delighted to have a, a Haven man in charge. So just excited to see what a West Cork man can do with the helm. Matthew, just to get your own thoughts on the appointment of John Cleary then briefly, were you impressed by how Cork performed in this year's championship? Obviously, they were well beaten in the end by Kerry and the Dubs, but overall, from a a Cork fan's perspective, would you be excited about the next few years knowing that it's going to be John Cleary at the helm? I definitely would look at the performances. Definitely, like Kieran mentioned, we lost to Dublin and Kerry, and they are miles ahead, definitely. They have been for a reason over the last few years. But um, the performances against Dublin and Kerry, like why those uh, taking stats of the game? We have more turnovers than both Kerry and Dublin. So that's that's a positive take. I know we got hammered in both games, but just the team was looked so organised defensively. And we haven't said that over the last few years with Ronan McCarthy or Pat Healy. It was a shame what happened with uh, Keith Rick and I wish him all the best, definitely. But 
I think John Cleary would be an excellent appointment. He'd also to win All-Ireland's 89 and 90, obviously. He won an under-21 title in 2009 as manager. He has the pedigree. He has the players as well. And the players look like they're going to play from as well. Like, there was an onus there against Dublin, against Kerry. Even when things weren't going their way against Limerick this year, when um, you got a sending off, when Limerick got a goal, the players still recovered. And that's a good sign of a team as well. And Division 2 would be very tough now next year. Uh, Colm O'Rourke just came in at Mead, so he'll galvanise them. Now Limerick will come up, um, all guns blazing. Derry and Dublin probably are miles ahead at the moment. Kildare, we'll see about Kildare defensively now next year. Clare, there's rumours Colm Collins will stay on, but there'll be new background team coming in. So it's going to be very interesting Division 2 next year. It'll be interesting to see how Cork developed though, because um, the hope for Cork fans or um, Cork people alike is probably not to be involved in a relegation battle come the end of the season, like we have over the last few years. Just to be, you know, mid-table, not necessarily going up um, as such because Derry and Dublin are minds ahead, but just to avoid the teams at the bottom. That's the main thing for Cork, just to improve. And we definitely have the players, we definitely have the forwards, we definitely have the under-20 players coming through. And John Cleary is a great man to motivate players and to organise them. So I'd be, I'd be really happy with um, the future of Cork football. I think it's in safe hands. I just said as well that the timing of this is quite good, lads, because it came out just before the start of the county football championships. And it's great that the Cork County Board have John Cleary now in on a three-year term. Okay, must be ratified at the next county board meeting on, on August 2nd, but but John will have that job. And it was and it was it was all taken care of before a, a ball was kicked in anger in the county football championships, because I'm sure John Cleary, any selectors which, who will be named in due course, will be keeping an eye, trying to unearth new talent, kind of to get more to get the best players in the county into this Cork football team for next year. And, and who knows, we might see some of the fellows who stepped aside this year come back in as well to Stritton Cork's hand. And if they add in the likes of Liam O'Donovan, hopefully will be back from injury. He's had his injury troubles. The, the likes of Conor Corbett as well to get him back in the in, in the Cork fold. So it, it, it's it's a positive move at a positive time. So it's just, yeah, it, it's good news all around. Lovely stuff, lads. Well, I have to say that stat about... Cork having more turnovers than both Kerry and Dublin is why we pay Matthew the big bucks because considering how important turnovers were in last Sunday's All-Ireland Final, it bodes well for Cork's future. But we're going to switch our attention back to the club action last weekend and there's plenty to sink our teeth into. Clubs from right across the region were involved in championship matches from Premier Senior to Junior B and we'll chat to Carberry Rangers John O'Rourke in a few moments to hear about their opening round win over Carrigaline but Matthew first we're going to hear your five biggest takeaways from the weekend starting with number five yeah number five is uh, the Bantry win over Ada 2-11 to 1-9 I think in the Premier Intermediate Football Championship like Bantry got relegated last year like they could have easily been downward spiral after that but they regrouped, they got a win there. Rory Dean was excellent again for Bantry. So they'll be a huge threat now going into the Premier Intermediate Football Championship. They're a very good side. Number four is a bit of a donor for West Cork sides. Island Rovers losing by a point against Clyde. Connor Carver was excellent for them. But now for Ireland, that's now a big losing streak. And they have been performing well, Ireland. Like I watched them last year against St. Finbars. They actually had a very good performance, but... They lost again now. Um, their next game is against O'Gullivan Rossa, who are in excellent form at the moment, hammering Newmarket at the weekend. So that'll be a big game now for Ireland to 
try and try and recover. And just ho- hold they, that thought then, Matthew, on Island Rovers because I want Kieran to come in on that because I know he had a big feature interview with the Island captain Jack Collins in last week's Southern Star, and this is obviously a big blow to their ambitions for the year ahead, Kieran, because coming down from Premier Senior, they would have hoped to be in a position to potentially bounce back up. But I've heard and I know from seeing the team sheet at the weekend. They're down a good few players from their panel last year. And as Matthew said, coming into this game with a Donovan Rossa, it could really quickly turn sour for the boys from Baltimore. 100% Jack. Um, Matthew talked to Dermot Duggan, the Ireland Giant manager in this week's Southern Star. Out now, 28 pages of top class action. Just want to get that in there. But Dermot made the point that Ireland are down eight players who played championship um, with the club last season. Like that's, that's over half a team. So... That just shows you where Ireland are at right now. Ireland are a big club. Ireland are a very big club. And um, they just, at the Premier Senior grade over the last couple of years, they lost every group game. So that was six defeats in a row group-wise. Okay, they avoided relegation in 2020. But last year, they went down losing to Carragher line. And the hope was that they could stop the slide. They were just, last weekend, got caught by Clyde. So it means now they're going into the game against O'Donovan Rossa. That's August 14th in Castlehaven needing a win because if Ireland lose that game all of a sudden they're facing another relegation battle this time at senior A level Skib will be bouncing into that game like Matthew said there did a great win against Newmarket the weekend really impressive Kevin Davis um, Elliot Connolly playing quite well so they probably can't wait for that game to come that is a massive West Cork derby for both teams I'd say it's a, it's a bigger game for Ireland right now to, to, uh, because Skip have points on the board. They, they could almost afford to lose a game now because they still have their last game to, to come against, against Clyde. But it's a game Ireland will target and they need to win. But like Dermot Duggan was telling Matthew in, in this week's star, like their Ireland's performance against Clyde, it wasn't bad. You know, like it's, it's a game at one stage they could have won. It looked like it could have been a draw and they, they ended up losing it right, right at the end. So there are positives for Ireland to take, but there's, um, there's a huge West Cork derby looming and a, a big, big game for Ireland. Absolutely. Well, Matthew, back to you. Number three of your five biggest takeaways from the weekend. And uh, yeah, the last three years for the Premier Senior Football Championship involving West Cork sides. The third one actually includes um, John O'Rourke's team, who will be interviewed later on. Carby Rangers um, beating Carrigal Line 210-19. I know it seemed like an easy win for Carby Rangers at the outset. They were favourites going into the game, but they lost five of the last six um, championship games over the last two years. That was a crucial win for them now. They'll go into the Arrow game with confidence, like Arrow lost against the Bars. Win that, and they go into a game against St. Bambars now already through to the quarterfinals. And that's a brilliant sign for Carby Rangers, a team that did, failed to get over the group stage in the last two years. So Pat O'Rourke was active as well, scoring 1-1 from play. John Jono obviously with 1-2. So there's some very nice young players coming through Carby Rangers. So the future looks bright for them. Uh, number two is Valleys beating Douglas 10 points to 1-6. Like, I know Douglas are missing the likes of Sean Pote or Brian Hartnett. Uh, Kevin Flahoy, but at the same time, that's a huge win for Valleys now. And look at the other game as well, Mallow beating Balancholic. That group is wide open. And you you look at uh, Valleys' next game, it is against Mallow. The winners of that will be straight through to a quarterfinal, possibly a semi. That's a very good result now for, for Valley Rovers, who surprised the championship last year by beating Nemo. They're up for another surprise again. They've done absolutely outstanding. And they aren't as reliant on Fierke Lynch as in previous years, so that's a positive for them. And number one was the West Cork Derby at the weekend between Castlehaven and Clan. More so Clan's loss because, yes, they were county finalists last year. Um, there wasn't much pressure 
you know, going into the Castlehaven game, like Castlehaven have much better players, arguably, than Clonic Kilty. But Clon now going to the Newstone game, having to win that next game. That's a huge game for them now. Like, they beat Castlehaven actually won three to three points in the second half. So that's a positive to take for any Clon Kilty fan. So, um, yeah, they'll go into the Newstone game, confidence in their performance, but under pressure to try and get a result in that game because Newstone will not be an easy game for Clonic Kilty, no matter how much they did well last year. And um, Matthew obviously mentions <coughs> that pressure that's going to be heaped onto Clonic Kilty now. And Kieran, they probably came into this season with a bit of pressure as well, considering they came off the back of a successful run to the county final last year when they were unfancied. But now with that pressure on them, people are expecting big things and they've lost their arguably their best player from last season in Dar O'Shea, who's gone back to Anguiltoch. So what will Holly O'Neill be thinking heading into that Newcastown uh, that Newcastown game? Well, that's that's a must-win game straight off. I'm looking at it here now. That is Sunday, August 14th in Bend at 2pm. Clannacilty and Newcastown, two teams who lost their open round games. To, so two teams whose championship season is on the line already in, in their second game because we have Nemo and Castlehaven facing off that weekend too and with both of them having wins under their belt it just takes the pressure off it's so so important in this new Cork format to get that first win in, in the first game because you're getting points on the board and you're almost giving yourself a chance okay if I lose a game later on I still have two points here you're giving yourself a great chance of getting to the to the knockout stages but this is called a group of debt for, for a good reason Clannock Hilti last year's county finalists Nemo Rangers Kind of, they win a county every couple of years, and they were the champions in 2020. Castlehaven were the beaten finalists in, in in 2020, and we know how good Castlehaven are as well. So, one big gun is going to fall from those three, and that's not being disrespectful to Newcastle um, as well, who are always a, a tough team to to play. So, we'll have big casualties from this group of data, and already Clannock Kilty are in are, are on are on the back foot, so they will be under pressure going into the Newcastle game. But like Matthew said there, they'll take positives, especially from that second half performance. They outscored Castlehaven one three to three points. They only lost by two points in, in the end. So um, I, I give Clannock Kilty a great chance going into the Newcastle game. I really would. And that'll set them up then for a huge game against Nemo in, in a couple of weeks' time after that. So it's all to play for in that group, but it's going to be, it's guaranteed to be intriguing. And as well as, OK, we'll have a lot of focus on that clan and Newcastle game. But what happened in that Haven-Nemo game is, is quite important as well. Because whoever loses that, all of a sudden is going into their last game needing to, to win. So let's say Castlehaven beat um, beat Nemo and Clannacilty beat Newcastown. All of a sudden, that Clan-Nemo game in the last group is a knockout game to see who, who goes forward. So there's even though Clan lost the first game, there's still an awful lot, lot to play for because they have Newcastown and that Nemo game coming up. Okay, well, we're going to keep things moving and we're going to... Here from Carby Rangers, John O'Rourke. Now, we're going to let Matthew go, but you'll be hearing a lot more from Matthew on the Star Sport podcast throughout the championship. What a debut. What a performance from the lad. Absolutely brilliant stuff. If you want to hear more or see more of Matthew's work, you can pick up this week's Southern Star or you can follow him on his brilliant social media pages. It's at GAA underscore Statsman on Instagram and Twitter and the podcast. Matthew is the GAA Statsman podcast. Is that correct? It is, yeah, and uh, just to note as well, my new Instagram account is g underscore underscore statsman too. If you want to follow that, um, the other one there was a few technicalities with it, so um, that's the new um username for that. It's g underscore statsman on Twitter, and yeah, the g uh, statsman podcast on YouTube and Spotify. Brilliant stuff, Matthew. Well, talk to you again soon. In the meantime, here's John O'Rourke of Carberry Rangers.
joined now on the podcast by Cork and Cabaret Rangers footballer John O'Rourke to have a look back at Rangers. Um, very good win against Carrigaline last weekend. So welcome back to the podcast, John. Thanks, Karen. Going to start off first before we talk about Ross and the, and the county championship. Just at the moment, and it's doing the rounds again with the, I suppose, the inter-county season over, that there's a couple of pundits out there suggesting that the that the, the GA calendar needs to be looked at again, that the inter-county season is too short and it, it should be linted out into August or, or, or so on. But then that will, I suppose, that will um, affect club players who've been waiting a long time to play county championships and, and so on. So just to get your thoughts, John, as as an inter-county footballer, what do you think of the, I suppose, the noise that the inter-county season should be linted again? Um, well, personally, I find, I find the way it is at the moment this year was 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 good. Um, you know, you you have your league, and then you do a bit of, you do your preparation coming into championship, and then the championship rolls ticking fast, which is probably what you want as a player rather than you know four week gaps between games, um, and then obviously when when you're into county season finishes up you're straight back in with the club and the lads have obviously done uh, their county you know they're, they're played in the, league, the leagues are nearly finished up at that stage and you're you're nearly straight into another championship which is what you want because you're playing games and games rather than long um, periods of training so I think you know in Cork as well with the group stages it's really after making things more exciting for the, the football championship and the hurling championship so I suppose for, for the way it's working in Cork at the moment, I think it, it is it's good. And you know the inter-county season, I think you know there isn't really any benefit in in maybe extending it back to let's say like like August September really because these are the months of the year. You know the weather is good and it's great for you know the inter-county season. Let's say it's it's finished in, in the form it is in, and then the club season can start straight away and uh, and you're into really good games. And the club season did kick off and it kicked off with a bang last weekend here in Cork because it was definitely the busiest weekend of the year football-wise with all the championship action going on. And Carby Rangers, you kicked off your, your campaign in style, a 2-10 to 1-9 win against Carrigaline. So a winning start to the, this year's Premier Senior Football Championship. Was it just a, a relief to get, get that win, a relief to get points on the board in that first game, John? Yeah, I think so because in the other years uh, of this format, so going to 2020 and 2021, uh, we, we had um, we had lost our first game, so we were under pressure straight away. So getting the win, no matter what way it came, was very important for us. You know, it just kind of you know gives you a bit of a momentum and uh, it gives you sense, sets you up in good stead to look forward to the next game, uh, which you know obviously is aero, which will be a, a step up in quality. So we, we're uh, we're focusing on that now straight away. Kind of attention swiftly moves on to the next game. The way it works. It was a four-point win margin for, for Ross against Carrigaline last weekend, but talking to people who were there and seeing and reading the match reports, like it was a lot more convincing than four points suggest. So what are the big yeah. positives that you can take from the performance? Um, I suppose the positives were we were on the front foot for most of the game. You know, we probably dominated possession, uh, limited them in attack. Um, our shooting and attacking play, you know, our attacking play probably was was good to a point until the you know we had a lot we accumulated a lot of wides I think we had over ten wides in the first half so that's obviously a key area we need to work on and um, you know the other areas we have to work on as well because we know you know Aerog is going to be a big step up in terms of you know what they bring to the party so yeah plenty to work on but we're delighted to get the win because as, as I said in previous years we had lost our first game and we were under pressure and we we're chasing. Um, whereas the win now gives uh, a boost in, in, in the squad and sets us up for the next game. 
But you talked about those wides too. I see there 10 wides mm-hmm. in the first 20 minutes alone. So that shows that you've something to work on for the next game. Yeah, definitely. It's a huge area to work on. Um, you know, I think we felt like some of the shots, you know, it was shot selection was good, mm-hmm. but the execution part was was poor. Um, you know, a lot of shots that we should be converting. You know, even if we converted, you know, more of those, it, it would have um, made the game more, like it was comfortable in the end, but it would have made us more comfortable, or, you know, earlier in the game. We could have been in a good, a much different position at halftime. You know, we had played with the wind in the first half and we were only up um, four at halftime. Mm-hmm. So I say Carrigaline were, were, you know, they obviously were happy, probably happy enough with that, <clears throat> considering how many shots we had. So, you know, we put ourselves in a difficult position at halftime. Now we came out after halftime and, you know, we got a goal and a couple of points and stuff like that. But yeah, we made it difficult for ourselves where the performance probably we should have been in a more comfortable position on the day. And you were able to roll some experience off the bench. You see John Hayes and James Fitzpatrick both came on in the second half. They're, they're, they're two well-experienced fellas to be bringing on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good to have, you know, the lads probably had a couple of injuries during the year and stuff like that. And uh, But it's good to have options coming off the bench. And, you know, it, it obviously, you know, they're not going to be happy to be on the bench, so they'll be pushing for places then again the next day. So it's good for the squad. It's competitive competition for places like any club club wants that. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good for to, to push lads in training. And training will be, hopefully, it'll be going up a step now in the next couple of weeks. And uh, it's all geared now towards their role, really. That's, that's the big one for us. That is a crunch game against Aeroog in, in, in a couple of weeks' time because Aeroog are coming off the back of a loss against St. Finbar's last weekend. So they'll be they'll yeah. be eager to get points on the board because already for them, I suppose, it's like, well, like the game against Ross is must win for them because if they suffer a second defeat in a row, it puts their chances to get yeah. to knockout stages. Like it really hurts them. So that's a huge game against Aeroog. And we know how good they were last year, John. They were new kids on the block, but they showed that they're well able to hold their own at this level. Yeah, they're a very good team. Really good all over. Um I didn't see any of the, the Bars game now myself, but, um, you know, the Bars are a serious outfit as well. So that game will stand them in good stead as well, coming into our game. Um, so, yeah, it's, I suppose from our point of view, it's just really to to kind of focus on ourselves and prepare as best we can for them because we know it'll be a huge challenge. And uh, I think both teams will probably be <coughs> coming all guns blazing for in the game. So it's just a case of getting the preparations right now and uh, and being as well prepared as we can for Aeroog. We're a very good team. I was at the game in Bandon last year when Aeroog beat Carby Rangers in, in, in the group stage. So again, like you, you got to see up close to just how good this team are. So you're kind of well warned of what to expect in a few weeks' time. Yeah, like as like last year, obviously we lost our three group games, um, which was very disappointing. Now, the Aeroog game, I think, was the... I think the other two games we lost by a point. The Aeroog game was a couple more points than that. So... You know, we, we, we see the quality they had. They kind of pulled away in the second half in that game towards the towards the last quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, both teams will kind of have a feel for each other. Um, and I know that they've had an addition, you know, you know, they've they've had, a, a, you know, I think Mark Griffin's after coming as well, so they'll be stronger again. So it's just a case of us upping our levels to try and match them and, uh, you know, obviously put in a good performance and see see if we can get uh, the right result on it for, for ourselves. And that game is Sunday, August 14th in Bendon yeah. at, at 4 p.m. But like we said, John, as well, the fact that, that, that you have points on the board going into this, it's a situation you haven't been in on in, in, in the last couple of years. Like, Carby Rangers know a win here, it puts you in a, in a really strong position. It could almost qualify you for the quarterfinals with, with, a, with one game to spare, depends on what happens in the Bars-Carrigaline game. 
Yeah, so yeah, look, I suppose that's the prize that's on the offer that way is such a big game. So it's it's something to look forward to really. Um, you know, it's it's kind of it's got that feel about it as that it's gonna be a huge game for both teams and I suppose it's it's exciting to look forward to a game like that. And uh so that's what makes the format in Cork so interesting, you know, there's always something to play for in each game. Um there's never a game where where you know there's nothing to play for even you know. So that's 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 what we're up for now. The next day is just to be fully tuned in for Airog and to give it our best on the day. And then further down the line again against the Barrett County Champions, like that's just again, it's a great game to see where Ross are at right now. You're going to go up against the the Cork Champions, the Munster Champions, the best team in the county right now. So it's a good yeah. it's a good barometer just to, to just to see where, where where Ross are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like you know, it's, they're flying it and they had a great year last year. They're getting stronger new players coming in. Um, so, yeah, to, look, we're, I suppose we're, we, we wouldn't be bothered looking ahead or anything like that. It's just air all for us now. It's just it's the way the format is. It's so simple because, you know, it's your next game. You've kind of, the way the football championship worked out three weeks between each game, it's kind of a nice preparation time. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you you can just, you, once your first game is out of the way, it's on to the second game. And obviously, once the second game is out of the way, it's onto the third game. So it just follows a nice flow um, and a nice format. So it's look, we're we're lucky that you know that they introduced this format after taking off, and that every club player I think is happy with it and enjoying it as it, as it stands. And was it nice to avoid the West Cork group of death this year to leave Clan Newstone Castlehaven fight it out amongst themselves, so you can concentrate on on, on the Bears Carrigaline and and, and Irog. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. I suppose like a local derby always draws a lot of attention and a lot of, uh, you know, excitement around the local area. But yeah, look, I suppose there's there's no really easy draw the way that there's there's only three, you know, twelve what are twelve teams, three groups. There isn't, you know, there isn't any easy draw really. So yeah, I suppose from the supporters' point of view, they they obviously like the West Cork derbies and the players like them as well. But so sweet. <laughs> We're just we're happy we've after getting a win on the board and kind of like we have two huge games so that's that's what we have ahead of ourselves now for the next few weeks. I know it sounds almost a silly question to ask, but like it's a huge target just to get out of the group, just to get to the knockout stages. I suppose yeah, that would be our target because you know we've had a few we've been competitive in the championship with well over ten years, um, knocking at the door. So um, we've probably had a few years where it hasn't gone as well um, and we had maybe some changeover in players so our goal is to to get to the knockout stages really and uh, get to you know a quarter final or whatever it is and uh, that would be progression for us and for you to come back into the club season and after a, a long intercounty season with Cork how much do you, do you enjoy getting back in with Ross getting back in with, with the with the, the lads you played football with all your life growing up just to be back surrounded by the club again yeah, it's it's great. Like um, obviously, the way I, ex- I was saying earlier, you're you're literally you go from one straight into the other, mm-hmm. but you have the carrot of a game in three weeks. So if you were facing, if you were going from one straight into the other, and you hadn't got a game for you know, six or eight weeks, you were waiting on let's say something to happen for another game. It, it three weeks is you know it, you're just looking forward to the game so much. You're just preparing with the lads for the game, whereas. If you were waiting and waiting and waiting for games, that kind of takes the, you know, 
the enjoyment out of it. So it's easy to be motivated when you come back after the intercounty, just get into the group stages. And and once the games start flowing in the group stages, it goes from game to game. So mm-hmm. it's it's very easy in that way. You always have the games to look forward to. So that's a great motivating factor. And finally, John, we touched it there that this Premier Senior Football we had the last couple of years has been absolutely brilliant. It, it, it's so competitive and it looks it's going to be the same again this year. But for for, for footballers to be involved in a competition like this, the way it's set up, like you said, every game means something. It must be fierce exciting just to be part of it all. Yeah, it's great. Um, it really good. Like every game is a battle and uh, you know, you're, you're just preparing every game as best you can. Um, obviously you're hoping to avoid injuries and stuff like that that your squad doesn't get weakened which isn't very important as well because when you're playing those types of games where each game is such a high intensity you know you might pick up the odd knock here and there so I suppose the team that avoids injuries it obviously isn't to their benefit and their strength to their panel um, teams with probably stronger panels will it'll be an advantage because you have lads coming off the bench like you saw in the All-Ireland there Kerry had strong bench to come in so yeah it's just it's just you it, it just flows that's the best way to describe it and um, you're going from game to game and you're enjoying each game and training is enjoyable and look it's it's kind of the format really suits you know club teams no great stuff no thanks for going on the podcast for for a chat john and best look against your in a couple of weeks thanks karen Delighted to be joined by Avril Condell of Access Credit Union who's here to tell us a little bit about Cultivate Farm Finance. So Avril, maybe just give us a brief introduction to what Cultivate Farm Finance actually is. So Cultivate is a collaboration of 40 credit unions uh, throughout Ireland. Um, West Cork has both Access Credit Union and Bantry Credit Union. Uh, The loan itself is up to 75,000 unsecured uh, for seven years is the max term, but obviously can be uh, personalised and customised to each individual's needs. Um, It's a great facility actually for for farmers um, because it covers cash flow, um, machinery purchases, like there's a fertiliser crisis now as we know. Um, So literally anything that is required for the farm can be covered by this loan. The the rate is very competitive and we can match the, the repayment term and the um, repayment frequency to each individual farmer depending on their enterprise um, and you also have the benefit of the life cover that comes with the credit union loan which I think is very important for people these days at no extra cost. And if I'm a farmer and I'm listening to you on this podcast today how can I get involved? So if you're not sure of which credit union um, you're involved with you can go to Cultivate Credit Union directly which is www.cultivate-cu.ie or you can phone 1800-839-999. And if Access is your credit union, you can contact me directly. So it's avril at accesscu.ie, or you can ring me on 085-268-2727. Okay, Kieran. well, before we wrap up, this week i just again thank Matthew for joining us and we'll be seeing a lot more of him as i said in the coming weeks we'll also see him in the southern star sports section which he's in this week as well and that's a 28 page jumbo sports section with match reports from right across the region 
for all those pundits, those national pundits who, who are cribbing about the end of the intercounty season, just pick up this week's Southern Star for 23 pages of GA coverage. Um, the season starts now, Jack. You know, we had our busiest weekend of the year, 23 pages of GA between county championship games, Carberry games, Muskery, Carrickdown. It was so, so busy. And it's just brilliant to see now that the club players get their chance, chance to shine this is their platform to show what they can do for the next couple of months. So let's all sit back and enjoy it. The Intercounty has had the first seven months of the year. The main season is over now. Let's park it to one side and enjoy the club action. But I'm going to start off first with some women's GA news. And in this week's Southern Star, the Cork Senior Camogie team is true to the All-Ireland Final. Beat Waterford last weekend and they'll take Kilkenny on August 7th. So we have match report and reaction to that. And just to let our podcast listeners know, We'll have Matthew Toomey, the Cork Camogie manager, on next week's podcast ahead of the final. So that'll be worth tuning in for. Also, the Cork Intermediate Camogie team is true to the All-Ireland final. They beat Derry last weekend. And uh, if anyone sees today's or this week's Southern Star front page, the great Jennifer O'Leary, the List Levan legend, the Barry Rowe, what's B, what, what rhymes with Barry Rowe? The Barry Rowe... Brilliant Barry Rowe woman, Jennifer O'Leary. I was on mute still... there. I was on mute. Apologies. I couldn't dig you out. She's still going strong. She's uh, she's a phenomenal, phenomenal person, phenomenal camogie player. So she scored one three to fire Armagh into the All-Ireland Premier Junior Final. So we have that story in this week's Southern Star. We also have a very amusing story about the Mila Moose ladies from Keela Mila uh, GA Club. It's an utterly different story to what we're used to, but it's well worth checking out because... These brilliant ladies will be playing at halftime in the All-Ireland Ladies Football Finals in Croke Park this week. So Martin Mulch popped out to Ahiol to meet them training and he's put together a really good piece with pitchers, including their two mascots. When you consider they're called Mila Moos, the two mascots are, are Thai cows. So definitely check that one out. Um, there's loads going on too. Uh, Nicola Tuttle, who a uh, former West Cork Youth Sports Star of the Year, is well, she should be in Colombia right now. She was flying out from Dublin yesterday with the Irish Athletics Under-20 team to take part in the World Athletics Under-20 Championships. So we have the full story in this week's Southern Star. And I think it's a remarkable one, Jack, because Nicola got on to me back, I think it was March or April, and she fractured and dislocated her elbow. And when you consider that she competes in the women's hammer, there was big blows and a big injury to get. But she didn't throw her season away. Instead, she's after fighting back and she's now representing Ireland at the World Under-20 Championships in Cali, in Colombia. So the very, very best to look to um, to, to Nicola Tuttle over there. Like I said, loads of GA action um, from Castlehaven and, and Clondat Derby all the way to Gabriel Rangers beating Adrigo. Uh, that two James O'Regan penalties were the difference there. So we've brilliant, brilliant coverage of the county championships as well as the Carberry championships where there's been some big results for champions Tyg McCorry got their title defence off to a winning start but Aguilene pushed them all the way Randall Oak up in junior A they beat Mintavara quite well also um, a big shock I think in one of the groups was Ballinascarty beat Kilmackaby so that's thrown that group wide open so we've that and all the GA action in in, uh, in in today's or this week's Southern Star which is on sale right now yeah, absolutely, Kieran. And of course, if you can't make it to a shop for whatever reason today or any other day, you can always subscribe to the Southern Star online. Just go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e paper. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport 
podcast and thanks as well to our producer this week dylan mangan dylan wrote produced and edited the southern stars latest in the news podcast about the people keeping west cork's coastlines safe so be sure to check that one out on the southern stars youtube channel or wherever you listen to your podcasts we'll be back at some stage next week i won't say the same time if you enjoy these shows please make sure to rate review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Slán Tomal.